Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. Hello, sweet friend. We're doing it. This is the first ever solo cast episode of Dream Big Live Slow. Oh my gosh, I'm so exciting to say and also slightly terrifying. Um, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thank you for letting me listen in your ear for the next, wait, listen in your ear? No, talk into your ear. You're going to be listening um, for the next hour or so. Uh, be sure to subscribe if you enjoy this podcast or just connect with me. Send me a DM or a text if you have my phone number. <laughs> um, but let me know what you thought of this show. Um Today, and for solo casts in general, um, the intention is for it to be a little bit of story time with Tia, um, followed by a mindfulness lesson and a guided meditation. The guided meditation is supposed to be something where you can literally hop on your app at any time, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and use this meditation. Um, Skip to the end and listen to the meditation. So, I wanted to start this first solo cast episode by introducing myself because we're going to be hearing many stories of other people and I thought I would start with my story of entrepreneurship and mindfulness and how I started on this journey of both because they go hand in hand. Um, Mindfulness is what started my entrepreneurship path in the first place Um, and yeah, Let me take you on a little journey Uh, back to 2016. It was rural Southern Illinois and a 21-year-old Tia was incredibly naive and um, decided that uh, going to school full-time and taking on her first reporting gig was a good idea. Um, No. So I actually got the opportunity when I was a senior in college to work as a reporter full time for the local ABC affiliate. And um, that is pretty rare for um, a senior to be offered that in a top 100 market. Um, So I'm there's like a lot of backstory to that and I will explain that um, but very random and in the next episode actually I'm going to dive into that story a little bit and a few others um, about crazy opportunities that um, happened and how they came to fruition but um, anyways 
So I was working my first uh, news job and news is an incredibly fast-paced environment, um, as you can probably imagine. It is a very, very um, stressful job. It is uh, very taxing on your mental health. Um, Basically, a day-to-day would look like I would go in um, and I always had to bring stories, story ideas as a journalist. Um, All journalists have to bring their own story ideas. And so that means you're constantly staying up on what's happening in your community, staying on top of the national news, staying on top of everything that is happening to find stories. Because if you come without stories, it's like the most stressful thing in the world and you're, you're in trouble. Um, so you have to come with story ideas every day. And, um, basically, uh, you go into the morning meeting, you pitch your story ideas, the crew tells you what story to go cover for the day. You have to go out, you have to find interviews, which is why sometimes you see some toothless people on the news because, uh, you have to like go door knocking sometimes for interviews and, and, you know, talk to anyone, literally take anyone who will talk to you. Um, but you're going out, you're trying to find interviews, trying to get officials to interview with you, get your interviews, shoot all your footage. This was, I was a multimedia journalist, so I did everything. I, sometimes I had a cameraman actually for the last half of my gig there. I did, um, have an amazing photographer that I got to work with, which made life easier. But when I was a multimedia journalist, I was doing it all on my own, going out, shooting my own stories, um, and editing, shooting all the footage, writing the story, editing the whole package, and then presenting it on air, usually with multiple lives. So that kind of turnover, even with a photographer, um, that kind of turnover is insanely stressful to do every single day. And um, I just wasn't aware. First of all, I should stop and give a huge shout out to journalists because it's a very thankless job. And um, no one in the world likes journalists right now, but I've never met a journalist in my life. And I have tons of journalist friends all over the country who truly just love telling important stories and they do it out of the goodness of their heart because they don't get paid shit (laughs) and um, they are truly just wanting to better their communities by keeping everything honest and getting the truth out and um, so I just have so much love for journalists Um, all my journalist friends out there totally thinkless job and anyways that was a tangent but I it is incredibly taxing on your mental health. And that is why, another reason why we should give so much love to journalists because um, they're going through the ringer and not getting any thank yous, rarely getting thank yous. And um, I really was just totally in over my head as a 21 year old trying to finish school and taking on my first gig as a reporter. And I um, had, in the middle of this, uh, the beginning of my career, I had my first ever panic attack, which if you have ever had a panic attack, you probably remember exactly where you were. It is an experience like no other. Um, It truly is just such a wake-up call. I had to call in sick because I couldn't 
possibly function that day. And um, I, my mother is a, um, has been a counselor her whole life. And I finally took the advice of her after having my first panic attack. And I went to see a therapist for the first time. And this is one of those moments in my life where everything shifted afterwards. I went to a therapist for the first time, and I know that some people don't always have the best luck with finding a therapist that feels aligned um, and is and is good for them. But this therapist changed everything for me. She actually, not only was I working through all the typical therapy things, <laughs> like, you know, childhood uh, trauma and, uh, you know, all the learned behaviors that I'm trying to unlearn and the root of my anxiety and everything. But in addition to all the therapy things, she taught me meditation. And the combination of the two changed the course of my life forever. Holy drama, I know. I'm being, sounds very dramatic, but it's true. Um, And this led me down a path of diving so hard into meditation because after my first session, Um, She used it to help me with my anxiety by introducing a calming meditation to me. And I could not believe how just a few minutes of sitting in that meditation, my whole energy shifted. The anxiety just completely alleviated for a while. I mean, of course, it always (laughs) comes back. But I mean, it was just like so powerful how how it made me feel. And so I started, in addition to continuing therapy and working through all that healing, um, I started studying meditation and mindfulness more on my own, really diving into reading everything I could. And um, I really learned about tuning in to yourself, starting to listen to yourself. And it was kind of when I realized that, um, that I my path with my career was totally misaligned. I got some incredible opportunities in news, which again, I'm going to dive into in my next episode. But um, at such a young age to have these opportunities, like I just, it was telling of um, how determined I was to make whatever my dream was happen. But the problem is uh, that dream wasn't truly my dream. It wasn't truly aligned with what I wanted, but I thought it was because at one point it was, it was motivated by something that wasn't genuine. I knew I loved to write, but when I got I got into the TV thing because I thought that it was going to help me make a name for myself in some way. And it was just not, I wasn't um, motivated by the right things in a way. So I really under, I really started to understand that like I, that I had had my head to the grindstone so hard once I, once I kind of chose news when I first started college I had my head to the grindstone so hard that I never looked up. I never looked up and I ne- more importantly, I never looked inward and asked myself, wait, why am I taking this path? Is this really what I want? Is this really aligned? And 
I was stuck. I was like totally stuck. That's where this burnout, this intense anxiety came from, uh, was really just totally consumed by the hustle of doing, trying to make something happen that I thought I was supposed to. I chose news. So when I went to college, so I thought, do anything you can at all costs to make it happen and to succeed. And I was doing that. But the problem was I forgot to check in and see, is this really what what I want with myself? So that's where meditation and mindfulness really helped me understand um, the importance of looking inward and really helped me understand what I wanted out of this life and how I started to shift. I started to shift um, my path a little bit through a very, very slow, grueling process. It did not happen quickly. Um, but that basically led me to start this little blog in April of 2017 called Tia LaRae's Storytelling. Uh, my little blog, um, I knew that I loved, I had went to some video workshops for news. I loved telling stories through video. And, um, I also, more than anything, I have always loved writing. Writing is like my, where I feel most creative and, um, most artistic in a way. And um, so I really was like, I'm going to tell stories how I want through my little blog. (laughs) So I started telling stories of my friends, people I loved um, that inspired me. I even every morning I would go to this little coffee shop and um, make small talk with this older man. And one day I asked him if I could write a story about him on my blog, (laughs) which is so funny to think about. Like no one read my blog, maybe my mom and dad, but he was totally like, sure, like what a trooper. And um, he just had all these cool stories about his travels. And I was so fascinated by his life. And um, because I was understanding the importance of travel and exploration in my own life through meditation and mindfulness, actually. And um, I was realizing that like, I could learn so much from the outdoors. And so a combination of all of those things really led me to understand a couple things. One, I needed out of news. Two, I needed out of Southern Illinois, which I had lived in my whole life. I needed something new to kind of challenge me, expand my mind a little bit, teach me some new things. So I basically said, I told my boss Uh, I lied to everyone in the newsroom and my boss, except for my friends, of course, and said that I, um, my boyfriend got a job opportunity in Denver and I was going with him, but really I chose Denver. Uh, my husband who he was then my boyfriend, he didn't make it out here until a year later. I told him, I hope you can find a way out here because I need to go. And he obviously, I consulted with him and said, is this a place you could see yourself? enjoying living of course but um I was like peace brother I am going to Denver I know I need to go here um I need to be closer to the mountains and to a city where I can start meeting with creatives and tuning into this creativity and my love of storytelling in a new way so I basically make the move to Denver um I lied to my boss and said uh that I was going with my boyfriend and it's funny because um I had one coworker that was like 
be sure you're not abandoning your dreams for a man. And I was like, um, okay, thanks for the advice. And, um, and I also had, I, I was so afraid of what everyone would think. I think that's why I told everyone that I didn't want to tell them that I was going without a plan and I didn't have a job lined up and I didn't want to do news anymore. I didn't want to tell them all that because I felt irresponsible. I felt like, oh, I had worked so hard to get these incredible opportunities and now I'm just letting them go. But I knew it was right. I knew it was right. So um, I lied to them. And and what's, what's funny is that this other man in the newsroom, my friend ended up doing the same exact thing where she just had to get out of news, had to move somewhere else. She moved to Oregon. And um, the one of the co-workers, he was or one of the older anchors in the newsroom, was like, wow, I wish I had balls like that girl. And it was like he was inspired by her doing it. So just, um, just a little lesson in... Uh, no matter what you do, just do what's aligned with you because without fearing others' opinions because they're going to come to their own conclusions no matter what. But that was totally a side tangent. Anyways, I got to Denver and um, after a year of just trying to meet with, meet people, create on the side, I worked uh, so many odd jobs and it was such a hard time mentally for me because I I had been so driven by my career that I just had no clue where my path was going. I was working the oddest jobs. But I just thought that if I kept creating on the side that I would find this fulfillment somehow. I didn't know if I would grow a blog or what, but I was so confused. And um, I ended up after like a year, not even a year, um, I ended up after months of doing this um, I reached out to a local gym because I was also a fitness instructor at the time and I had been for five years and, um, said, you know, I have this storytelling skill set and this love for, uh, fitness and I would love to tell the stories of your gym, um, through video and photo. And they took me up on my offer because I told them I'd do it for free essentially. <laughs> and I did all this work for free. But it really kind of kick-started things for me. Um, I had people in the gym start coming up to me and saying, did you take those, take those photos? Did you do those videos? Could you do that for me and my business? So I kind of got my first ever like paid client um, through this opportunity. And at the same time, I was working this horrible job that felt really shady. And, um, and it was my husband who actually boyfriend at the time called me and was like I was crying about this job and how wrong it felt and he was like I was just like I need to quit you know I I need to I it's it feels icky and he was like have you ever thought about starting your own video business and I was like no, no, I hadn't. Um, like I never saw myself as the entrepreneur type. And he was like, I kept saying I so badly wanted a nine to five because news was not a nine to five. It was chaotic hours. You worked holidays, weekends, 
Like it was just so taxing. You're constantly plugged in because you have to know the latest stories. So my biggest thing was like, I wanted a nine to five, like a marketing job, a nice little nine to five marketing job, please. And um, then Jeremy threw that out there. And I was like, I had not thought of that. I've been so focused on, you know, this nine to five. He was like, well, I know you can make it happen. I know you're not just going to sit around and wait for something to happen. You're going to make it happen. And his confidence in me is all it took for me to quit that job. And I officially started Tia LaRae Storytelling as an LLC in April of 2018. And things started flowing. Um, It was an incredibly, like, this whole season of life was so painfully hard and inconsistent and um, just like building my business was very, very challenging, but it was so rewarding to see something like, to see myself making something out of nothing. Um, And I was really loving that part of it. And I was like, you know, I'm doing the thing. I'm like my own boss. It's crazy. And like a year later, I went full time with it, um, in April, 2019. And then fast forward after going full time to, uh, I, you know, cause I had finally had like consistent income, consistent inquiries, consistent, um, you know, momentum that I went full time. And then in fall of 2019, fast forward there, um, I burn out so fast and so hard that I just, I mean, it's like the classic story. Like uh, if you are, if you are just starting your business, you might not be here yet, but the burnout comes when we do not set boundaries and when we do not understand our capacity as one human being. So that was what I was navigating was um, entrepreneurship felt effing awesome. I was like, I am doing this thing. It felt incredible. But no one teaches you how... I, I soon realized, oh yeah, this is why everyone, not everyone does this. It's because it's effing hard. And navigating being my own boss, that was definitely the most challenging part for me. Um, I realized no one is here telling me this is how many hours you can work legally, like by law. No one is telling me, okay, this is where your next paycheck is coming from. Um, No matter what, you can take time off and you'll still get paid. No one is telling me this is how many vacation days you get and you get paid um, when you take those off. You know, like no one was telling me, setting any boundaries for me. No one was saying, this is your capacity. This is our, this is our system, whatever it is. I was calling all of the shots. All I was setting all of the expectations. No one's telling me also that tomorrow, if you don't show up, you're fired. All of the motivation to show up every single day had to come from within. These were all things that I just had no idea would be so hard. Entrepreneurship is often glamorized. Um, and everyone thinks that like the freedom and flexibility is just incredible. And that's why, you know, everyone wants to be entrepreneurs, but it's very easy to lose that freedom and flexibility entirely because getting stuck in entrepreneurship is just as easy as getting stuck 
in news. So I found myself in news specifically, just news. No, in in a nine to five, in any other career. I found myself in the exact same nose to the grindstone, not looking up, not seeing if this was aligned anymore. I found myself in that exact same place I was when I was in news, doing that within my own business in entrepreneurship. And I realized that um, what was missing was I stopped tuning in. I stopped my meditation and mindfulness practice. I I just totally didn't know how to use these tools within entrepreneurship. And so that is where I, I burn out so hard in terms of I was dropping the ball hardcore. I went to a shoot in Texas and left my drone on the plane, drove two hours to the job site, had one day to shoot all this, or two days, um, and then realized that the drone was not with me. I left it on the plane, which caused me to have to rent a car on my dime, drive out at like 5 a.m. and go, I mean, it was so dramatic. And then I lost, within the same couple of weeks, lost a client's footage, all of it. Um, I was, I was dropping the ball in silly ways because I was so, my plate was so full. I had no idea what my capacity was as one human being. And I thought that I just didn't want to say no to these opportunities because I was so grateful for them coming. And that's when I realized that something absolutely had to change because now it's affecting other people. It's affecting my clients, but also, you know, like I am worth it. I am worth setting these boundaries, setting different expectations. So I knew something had to change. I knew I had to start tuning in with myself more and checking in and really figuring out how do I do entrepreneurship while still staying aligned and and how do I do it in this intentional way instead of just getting consumed and swept up by this hustle culture that just feels so wrong. It felt so not what I wanted for my life. And so how do I not get swept up in that, but still build and build a business, build a life that I want to without just getting so lost in all of the doing and all of the just nonstop that it seems to take, that seems like everyone else is doing in order to make their dreams happen. So I've spent the last year and a half really focusing on this goal of how to dream big and live slow. And that's kind of where it's kind of where this podcast comes from. That's literally the name. No, that's where this podcast comes in um, because I've been spending this time really thinking about what I truly value in this life. And it's not, it is not aligned with a life that is focused on hustling. I know that I experience the most joy and fulfillment in my life when I have time for slowness, when I have time to go for a walk with my dog during the day, or when I have time to travel and not work while I'm traveling, or when I have time to cook dinner. It's like those little things that I convince myself that I don't have time for most days 
are actually the things that most days I'm trying to find a faster route for those things. And in reality, those are what fill me up so much is when I can just have time for little everyday things. Um, And I really realized like something that I have spent a lot of time in reflection through my mindfulness and meditation practice is what is it at the end of my life? I know it sounds morbid. Anytime we reflect on death, I think about death a lot, Um, but it actually helps me. Reflecting on death makes me happy. But when I sit in reflection of what at the end of my life I will value and measure the richness of my life in. I know that it's going to have nothing to do with how much money I made, how big I grew my business. It's not going to have anything to do with these earthly ideas of success. You know, did I make a name for myself? I always, my whole life was chasing some sort of fame. Like, I don't know why, (laughs) Um, but it was something that it was instilled in me when I was younger, I think, is that I felt like, like for some reason when I was a kid, I was obsessed with being an actress and, or, you know, an actress or dancer or whatever. But I, I, I remember just being like, I want to hang out with all the Disney stars. I don't know. I just like all the stars on Disney channel, but I just remember being obsessed with that as a kid thinking that that meant I was worth something like if I made a name for myself in that way and that was like the biggest way I could see fame when I was younger of course was like the people on the tv but of course when I got older that shifted a little bit and I was seeing fame and recognition in other ways but it was still that same motivating factor of me really thinking that that was that would help me feel worthy in this life um, is fame and recognition. Through all of my reflection in meditation and my journaling practice, I realized how much that ruled my desires in my business and how I was running my business. I wanted to build something big. I wanted to build something that was like people would look at and say, wow, she did something cool. Um, She did something big with her life. It was always about that and about money. How could I make more money in this business and continue scaling it and nonstop scaling growth, scaling growth. That's what we hear so much of in um, business. And not that those things are bad or anything. We need money to survive. We need money to even live out, you know, our passions. I was just realizing that that was not fulfilling me um, when I was focusing on those things. And at the end of my days, like, what would I measure the richness of my life in? And I always come back to relationships and experiences. Relationships, most of all. Experiences with the people that I love. All of those are 100% what I'm going to be most proud of at the end of my life. I know it. And and we hear it. We hear it from people like at the end of their lives saying the same thing, that that's just fully what matters. Um, and 
I realized that the rate I was going with constantly just wanting to chase these these ideas of success that I was not going to get there um, or I was not going to feel fulfilled at the end of my life. Now that I've understood this about myself, I'm realizing how challenging it is to stay in that, stay in that perspective, remember that, not get sucked in to the hustle and continually remember what I value and what I find important. And of course, what I find important may not be what you find important, but the point is just to figure out what that is for you um, and what will fill you up. And, um, but if you're listening to this podcast called Dream Big, Live Slow, I'm going to assume that you have some desire for slowness in your life. And um, that is kind of what I wake up every day intentionally trying to remember that although society goes at a certain pace. Our culture goes at a certain pace. I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to fall into it. I don't have to um, live the same way. But yes, it is incredibly effing hard. And um, that's kind of where this whole commitment to I don't know why I keep saying kinda. Like, that needs to be removed from my vocabulary. That's not a very strong word. Um, but that is where my commitment to these these mindfulness practices have really... I've seen the importance in it in entrepreneurship. Because otherwise, it is just going to be a nonstop life of burnout cycles. And... And I don't want that. I'm tired of overbooking myself. I'm tired of never having a free moment to cook dinner or to go for a walk with my dog. Shit like that. I just, I want, I want more, more slowness in my life because those are the moments that feel the richest to me. So that's what I'm pursuing. And that's what I am waking up every day with a commitment to these practices, trying to remember and keep into perspective. And so that is the point of this podcast. And that is why I'm loving interviewing these incredible entrepreneurs because we all have different ways of kind of achieving this quote unquote work-life balance that we hear so much of, which I don't really see it as a balance. Um, I don't really see work-life balance as a thing because in my mind, I want the work to be soul-fueling. I want the rest to be soul-fueling. And life is both our work and our rest. When our work is so much of our life, we need that to be soul-fueling. We need it to not be separate. We need it to all cohesively make sense and fill us up in kind of the same way. They need to work together. So, so that's why I'm so passionate about bringing this podcast to you, my sweet friend out there. <laughs> um, because as entrepreneurs, we're seeing mostly one way of doing things. And it's this incessant hustle and creates such cyclical burnout. And we're not seeing another way of doing entrepreneurship. And so that's what I want to showcase with these stories of these other incredible entrepreneurs who 
are creating businesses and lives that they love and still having plenty of time for the slow moments that make us all feel the most alive. So I've been practicing meditation for five years now. Of course, there are times where I'm more consistent and times where I'm not. That's with anything. And that is why it is called a practice. And that's what I want you guys to take from this more than anything is that these are mindfulness practices, not perfection, not mastery, not expertise. It is just tools that you practice in order to enrich your lives. For me, that's meditation, writing, getting outdoors, and reading. A mixture of those that don't look the same every single day and also are not always consistent, but a mixture of those into my life have helped me incorporate more simplicity and slowness into my daily life. It's helping us just live more full lives that are more in tune with our hearts and always checking in with our hearts. We owe that to ourselves. I fully believe that. To constantly be tuning in with our souls and trying to stay on the path with our heart. So today I wanted to give you a brief introduction into meditation. So often I hear my brain cannot turn off. I cannot meditate because my brain doesn't turn off. Okay, you're not special. (laughs) No, you are very special, my dear, but um, you're not special in this area because our brains are not meant to turn off. That is alarming. If your brain turns off, you're dead. Um, So that's not the point of meditation. (laughs) Also, and, and I get what you're saying. You're saying, I my attention. You know, I'm just too distracted. I have too much going on. Also, no offense, you're not special. (laughs) Like we all have a lot going on. We all have so much going on. And I'm sure there are some people out there who can access meditation easier than others. 100% we're all different, but I will tell you that I am not one of those people. Meditation is insanely hard for me. I actually have this problem (laughs) um, that I am coming to peace with, but I haven't quite gotten over. It's called obsessive planning. Um, I make a thousand mother effing to-do lists. Um, I make a thousand dream boards. Um, I'm constantly writing out my five-year plan. I mean, it is obnoxious. Um, And it's obsessive. It's a compulsive thing. Because I don't like to be in the present. And I'm constantly worried about work. I'm worried about the future. I'm worried. I'm obsessing over the past. And guess what? That is pretty much, I'm going to guess that's where you are most of the time too. That's where most of us are. That's where this hustle comes in is obsessing over the future and just like ruminating in the past. So that's what meditation is. It's teaching us to be present, to be in the moment, because all of our lives are spent either forward or behind, in the future or in the past. Life is happening in the moment. As <laughs> I'm going to use all the cliches, I guess, uh, through the end of this podcast, but life is happening 
when you're busy worrying about the future. I think that's a quote somewhere. But it's true. All those cheesy sayings that your mom has hung up in her house are true. Life is passing you by and you're just, you're worried about shit that hasn't happened yet or shit that you can do nothing about because it's already happened. That is where meditation is so beautiful. And and that's what's so frustrating, I think, about meditation is that it's so damn simple. It's so simple, but it's so hard. How can something so simple be so hard, right? That is why you feel like you can't meditate. And that is why we all feel like it's a waste of time. It's why we all, when if we have tried meditation before and we sit down and we are like, I'm going to do this meditation thing. And then we're like, doesn't work for me. <laughs> we give up so quickly and we say, it doesn't work. We throw our hands up like, it's fake news, but it's not fake news, honey. That's why it's called a practice. We are literally exercising our minds when we meditate. You put in the effort to exercise your body. Okay, not all of us, <laughs> um, but we know the importance of exercising your body. We hear about it all the time and it's easier to justify because it's a doing. It feels productive, right? Meditation doesn't feel productive. It feels like we're sitting, we're doing nothing. Our brain starts going, Tia, are you serious? You have like 20 million things to do on your to-do list and you're sitting down listening to Tibetan bowls? Who do you think you are? And that is maybe a story that you need to tell yourself is that meditation is productive Um, because we are training our minds for a better quality of life, to spend more time in the present in the moment rather than somewhere else. So basically, I want to give you a little rundown of how to meditate, the very basics to get started. So meditation can technically be in many, many forms, but for the sake of this right here, I am going to explain a formal seated meditation practice the importance of it, and the variety of ways that you can make it your own. So to develop a seated formal meditation practice, it's going to require definitely some discipline. Each morning, you're not going to want to do it. It's going to feel unproductive. But the value of training our minds to be in the moment is something super powerful and you have to see the benefit in it in order to make time for it. The benefit of exercise and and all these other kind of forms um, of mindfulness are pretty obvious. And, And again, I'm not saying you have to meditate, but if you have an interest in it, I'm just letting you know that it will require some discipline because Our brains are not going to want to do it. They're going to kick and scream the second you sit down to start your formal meditation practice. Okay, so all meditation is, like I said, is focused attention. That's literally it. That's the absolute basics is focused attention. That's all you need to worry about to start. We start to overcomplicate it because meditation can be used to access so many powerful Um, things, we can use it as a mind training tool to access more spirituality, to get closer to God, if that is something that interests you. But it can also be used to relieve anxiety. It can be used to 
to love yourself more and to overcome some of these, anything that you're working through, we can turn, give you a meditation to help you work through it, to help train your mind to think the opposite way. Because again, it's a practice. It's like if we have practiced hating ourselves our whole lives, if we've practiced negative self-talk our whole lives, it's going to take practicing positive self-talk, practicing self-compassion in order to love ourselves. And it's going to take, we spend all that time practicing and it's so much more natural to do the negative that a meditation with the opposite goal can be so powerful. But that's where we can start getting way more in depth into the variety of ways that meditation can help. So Today, I want to start with the absolute basics of just how to even get, start being present more and focusing your attention, start the practice of focusing your attention. And so the best place to start, I always recommend, is within the body, somewhere within the body. Usually for me, it is my breath because I am so anxious, doing deep I'm I'm naturally an anxious human focusing on deep breaths where I'm watching the breath all the way through my nose and all the way through my body and just really focusing on my breath is where I really can be present because breathing is like that's it man <laughs> that's that is life that is the present moment that is what's keeping you alive in this moment that is the present. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know where, what else to say. Mic drop. Um, so here's how you can make this kind of your own if you have interest. I definitely recommend doing something special with your space when you go to sit to meditate. So maybe that's lighting a candle, um, lighting some sage, some palo santo. It doesn't have to be that woo-woo. You can, you know, like turn on some twinkle lights or you can like get the coziest space that you want. Like you don't have to sit on a meditation cushion, um, but just setting up your space to be a little bit special so that it's like a little bit of a ritual. You look forward to like smelling that scent. You associate something with that practice every single time. So I highly recommend that. And then I also recommend if you can, like the the reason why a formal sit is so powerful is because the stimuli we're constantly constantly distracted by everything around us we have noises constantly so much so much noise so much sound so we want to be in like a quiet space if we can maybe turn on some soft ambient music that can help us like focus on the music even. So focus on the sound as opposed to focusing on the 25 different sounds that come up during your meditation. You can also like lighting something that smells can help, you know, with just focusing on a certain smell or, and then that's why also closing your eyes is really powerful because when you... (laughs) You can meditate with your eyes open. Don't recommend it to start when you're starting a practice because, again, it's so distracting. Um, the second we open our eyes, we're constantly 
losing focus. So if your focus is your breath, if your focus is, you know, inward, you don't really want to be having all these external factors that are distracting you. Um, so that's some just some tips for like starting a formal meditation practice. But let's go ahead and let's do this first guided meditation. Thank you guys first before we get started with the guided meditation because I'm going to let you go after. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this first episode um, of the Dream Big Live Slow podcast. Um, like I said, it's not just meditation focused. So I hope that if you're like, I have no interest in meditation, uh, it's not scaring you away. This is just to give some tools in case you would like to try out a practice. Um, but if you could subscribe to this podcast and please, 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 if you find someone in your life will find it valuable or if you think that, um, yeah, if you know of anyone who'd find this valuable, share it with them, share it on your social channel, share it with your mom. Like, um, I just, I want to spread the word. This is obviously a brand new podcast and, um, it's definitely from my heart and soul and, um, I just get the warm fuzzies when I think about you out there, human, listening to this. Um, so please connect with me if you um, are listening. And okay, I'm sounding desperate at this point. So let's just go ahead and do the guided meditation. All right, let's do it. Go ahead and find a comfortable position, a comfortable space, setting the mood, like I said, making sure your space is a little bit special. And go ahead and close your eyes. Now I want you to start focusing in on your breath. Just noticing it as it is. Watching how it moves through your body. Now go ahead and start to deepen that breath. So we're going to take a big inhale through the nose. Part your lips and blow the air out. Keep deepening that breath. deeper with every inhale and on the exhale I want you to feel your body releasing notice the way your breath feels as it moves through your nose fills up your lungs and how it feels on the release your body sinking into the release 
Notice something new about your breath that maybe you haven't before. I want you to visualize every part of your body filling up with oxygen with each breath. Watch that oxygen move down through your shoulders, your arms, your hands, your chest. your torso, your legs. Deepen that breath. Moving slower with each breath. And visualizing your body relaxing every inch of your body. Your mind is naturally going to wander. All you have to do is bring your attention back to your breath as soon as you notice. Don't judge yourself. Don't be hard on yourself when you're lost in thought because we're all getting lost in thought. Simply bring your attention back to your breath as soon as you notice. Now, I want you to think about your final 10 breaths. Focus these final 10, making each one deeper. Counting down from 10 to 1, slowing down your breath with each one. Visualizing that oxygen moving through your body. your final 10 deepest breaths.
on your final breath, begin to wiggle your fingers and your toes. Slowly open your eyes and notice how your body feels. Throughout your day, as you find yourself lost in the future and in the past, remember all it takes is just bringing your attention back to your breath to be here now. Thank you so much for listening. This meditation is complete.